0: Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Superman! strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, Listen.
2: And now to our story. Faced with the problem of clearing up the mystery surrounding the Bartlett logging camp, Father Malone, a strapping Northwoods priest, has taken matters into his own hands. He has asked all the terrified lumberjacks to meet him in the camp office, where, once and for all, he intends to expose the legend of the White Plague, said to be responsible for all that has happened. But before the lumberjacks arrive, Clark Kent, present in the office, together with Fred Harmon, manager of the camp, and Bill Dawson, its logging boss, makes a startling statement. Listen.
1: What was that you said, Kent? I said I don't think it'll be necessary to question the men, Father Malone. Well, it's the only way we'll ever get to the bottom of this. I think we're at the bottom now. Well, what do you mean? I know who was responsible for using the legend of the White Plague to terrify the camp. I know who murdered the five lumberjacks. Kent, do you know what you're saying? I don't make statements, Mr. Harmon, unless I'm quite sure of myself. Well, if if you knew all this, Kent, why didn't you tell us a long time ago? I wasn't certain a long time ago, Father. I am
0: now. I'd better tell the men not to come. You stay
1: right where you are, Dawson and then might be very interested in hearing what I have to say. No, Dawson's right, Kent. If you mean what you said, if you actually know who's been responsible for all this, we'd best not tell the men, not just yet. In their fury, they'd tear him to pieces. Go ahead, Bill. Ask him to wait a few minutes.
2: Okay. Well,
1: who is it, Kent? And why did he take the lives of five good men? I think we'd better wait until Dawson comes back, Father. Kent, are you sure you know what you're talking about? Are you sure you're not about to accuse a man of crimes he hasn't committed? Don't worry, Mr. Harmon. No one will be accused falsely. All right, here's Dawson.
0: Banner's sitting on powder kegs. Any minute now, they're going to blow
1: sky high and there'll be no holding them. Go ahead, Kent. You see, we haven't much time. Who was responsible for this crime against heaven and earth? Well, telling you isn't as easy as all that, Father. I'll have to go back and trace what happened step by step. You'd better sit down, all of you. It may be a long story. We'd best cut it short, Kent. You heard what Dawson said about the men. I'll try. Now, all of you know how Jimmy Olsen and I happened to be here. We were invited to spend a vacation at the camp. That's so, isn't it, Mr. Harmon? Well, yes, of course. Mr. Bartlett wired that you were coming. That's right, and you wired back telling us not to come because of trouble. However, Jimmy and I weren't notified until our train was pulling into Montville. We decided to pay the camp a visit and return to Metropolis the following day. We've been here since. Is all that necessary, Kent? I'm afraid so, Father, because it proves that Jimmy and I were responsible for everything that's happened at this logging camp. Kent, are you mad? Have you lost your mind? This ain't no time for joking, Kent. I'm not out of my mind, Father, and it isn't a joke, Dawson. As much as I hate to tell you this, I'm convinced that if Jimmy and I had gone back to Metropolis without visiting the camp, everything would have been all right. Ah, You're talking through your hat, Kent. Two men were found dead before you ever set foot in the camp. I realize that. Those men lost their lives only because someone here knew I was on my way. I'm frank to admit that I I don't follow this, Kent. It just doesn't make sense. Come to the point, man. Now, this is the point. The person responsible for all that has happened thought I had been sent up here by Mr. Bartlett to spy on him. He had a guilty conscience because of something he had done, something he had to hide at any cost. And you mean to say, Kent, that, that he took the lives of five men to hide that something? Yes. He used the legend of the White Plague to throw fear into the camp. Hoping, probably, that the loggers would quit. The camp would be disbanded, and there'd be no knowledge of this crime. Who was this fiend in human form, King? I'm coming to that, Father. In the first place, I'd like to say that this man did not work alone. He had a partner. A partner who suffered the same fate as the others because he knew too much. You mean he was one of the five? Yes. He was Kurt Travers. Travers? I don't believe it. Just because the man is dead and can't answer the charge. He anymore. won't have to answer it, Mr. Harmon. His partner is alive. He'll answer for Kurt Travers. Dawson. Huh? Yes? You remember what happened when Gaston, the French-Canadian, disappeared? You told me about it.
0: Uh, I'm sure, I remember. Mr. Harmon and me were sitting in this room talking about the White Plague when we heard a scream. We ran out in a raging blizzard to see what had happened. Gaston was gone. We couldn't find him nowhere.
1: Who told you it was Gaston who had screamed?
0: Kurt Travers. The not bunked in the same cabin with Travers.
1: That's right. It was Travers who told you Gaston had screamed and Travers who said he'd vanished. Well, I don't see that you're getting very far, Kent. What are you trying to prove? Simply that Travers lied. It wasn't Gaston who screamed. Gaston was too far away from the camp by that time. It was Travers. How do you know all this, Kent? Well, what I've just told you is guesswork. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid it's all guesswork. We can't pass a murder on a man because someone imagines he's guilty. The rest isn't imagination, Mr. Harmon. It's cold facts. The next thing that happened after Gaston escaped from wherever he was being held and staggered back through the blizzard only to die before he could talk was Sam Green's sudden collapse. You all remember that. Well, Kent, this isn't new to any of us. I know it isn't, Father, but every step must be traced. All right, go ahead. Well, Sam Green, as I told you once before, was poisoned. Can you prove it? Yes. I have the poisoned sandwich he was eating when he keeled over. As a matter of fact, someone saw me pick that sandwich up out of the snow. One of your crew, Dawson.
0: Who was it?
1: Kurt Travers. He got frightened when he realized I had the evidence, and while you were giving Jimmy and myself instructions on how to drive the sled to camp, he sneaked off through the woods with a rifle and tried to get rid of us. I'm sorry to have to do this constantly, Kent, but that's something you can't prove either. Oh, yes, I can. You remember my telling you that rifle had been fired recently, Mr. Harmon? Yes, but Olaf the Swede said it hadn't been fired at all. I know, but Olaf and I were talking about different rifles. He wasn't with Dawson's crew that morning. I checked on that. The rifle he returned hadn't been shot. But the one I picked out of the corner had been. But you are not certain Travers fired at Kent. Well, if you mean I have no eyewitness, Father, you're quite right. But let me finish. After the shooting incident, Nancy Harmon and young Jimmy disappeared. We traced their footprints in the snow, and they ended abruptly, as though someone or something had snatched them both up into the air. It was puzzling and mysterious, just as it was intended to be. Things were getting a little too warm for the guilty person, and he and his partner decided to use the mysterious disappearance of Nancy and Jimmy to break up the camp. Well, that still doesn't explain how they disappeared, Kent. Yes, I myself saw their footprints in the snow. They they just stopped short. Would you like me to tell you how that was done? It's an old trick. How was it done, Kent? With two pair of shoes, one belonging to Nancy, the other to Jimmy. Really? I don't know whether any of you ever noticed, but Kurt Travers had very small feet. As a matter of fact, he and Jimmy wore the same size shoe. It was a simple matter for him to create those footprints and then back up on them. But Kent, I I must say this is all a little hard to believe. Yes, I'm afraid so. Now, Mr. Harmon, you remember when we discovered the footprints, Dawson and I went on to the pine woods while you returned to camp to search the cabins? Yes, I remember. Well, just as Dawson and I were about to enter the woods, we heard shots. We rushed back, and you had been shooting at what you thought was a giant bird. I didn't have to think, Kent. I saw it with my own eyes. That's one thing I'm sure of. you failed to hit the bird, but one of its feathers came floating down. You found it. That's right. I showed you the feather, Father Malone. What did you tell me it was? A tail quill from a large turkey, bleached white. But well, that's impossible. Nothing is impossible, Mr. Harmon. I got a question
0: I'd like to ask Kent, if you don't mind. Not at all, Dawson. All this you've been telling us sounds mighty good. There's one thing don't sit right. What is it? Why didn't this guy you're talking about, whoever he is, get rid of Nancy and the boy instead of leaving him in a shack in the woods? a fire going in the stove. If, like you say, he killed five men, why'd he take such good care of them too?
1: That's a very sensible question, Dawson, and I'm glad you asked it. I'll tell you why. For this reason. Although this man we're talking about was desperate, he wasn't desperate enough to take the life of his own daughter. What? Are you mad? Are you accusing me of... Do you know what you've said? I know exactly, Father. Yes, Mr. Harmon... I'm accusing you of being responsible for everything that has happened in this camp. But the man's insane. He's out of his mind. It's a serious charge you've made, Kent. I realize that, Father, and I can prove it. Less than an hour ago, a cabin went up in flames. We know it had been saturated with kerosene and set afire. It was done to get rid of Travers because Mr. Harmon here was afraid we were on his trail and he couldn't run the risk of Travers talking. That's a lie. Father Malone, I demand. Just a minute. Do you deny that you set fire to that cabin, Harmon? Why, of course I deny it. I was asleep through it all. I heard nothing until you and Dawson came into this office. That's what you told us. Bill, you're going to let this madman accuse me of murder without doing something about it? What makes you think Mr. Harmon set that cabin on fire Kent? I don't have to think, Dawson, I know. Now try and remember what happened when we walked into this office after we discovered how the fire started. Kurt Travers was stretched out on that couch, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Harmon was standing over there, looking dazed. Yeah. He asked us what had happened and we told him. I stepped over to the couch to look at Travers and found he had passed away. Now, do you remember my asking you, Dawson, about a little puddle of water on the floor near the couch?
0: Yes. snow melting off Mr. Harmon's shoes.
1: Exactly. Snow melting off Mr. Harmon's shoes. He had been outside, walking through the snow, pouring kerosene around Travers' cabin, setting it on fire. Dawson, grab that light. too late. Stand back, all of you. Put that gun down, Fred. Not on your light. Now stand back. I'll send a bullet through the first man that moves. You're making a big mistake, Harmon. This won't get you anywhere. I know where it'll get me. You're a pretty smart guy, Kent. But I'm one step ahead of you. I knew you were one of Bartlett's spies. I knew it. That's where you're wrong, Harmon. Oh, yeah? Uh, Who do you think you're kidding? Not me. I know what Bartlett sent you up here for to check my accounts. Well, go ahead and check them. You'll find the company's brought the money for 30,000 feet of lumber, maybe more. I stole it, Kent. Tell that to Bartlett. I stole it to get enough to bring my daughter up like a lady, to take her out of logging camps. Now he is satisfied. Give me, that rifle, Fred. Oh no, not even for you, father. Think of Nancy, Fred. I've been thinking of her. That's what got me into this. Keep back, father. I'm warning you. Look out! He'll shoot. Fred, I'm going to walk right up to you, and you're going to give me that rifle. Keep back! Keep back!
2: Trapped in a maze of evidence that forced him to admit his guilt, Fred Harmon stands with his back against the wall as Father Malone, the Northwoods' priest, slowly approaches him. Suddenly, the rifle in Harmon's hands thunders its message of death, and three men stare in shocked amazement. Something unexpected has happened. What is it? Listen to the next episode of Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode
1: with Superman.